to the Startup Showdown podcast, where we discuss pitching, funding, and scaling startups. Join us as we interview winners, mentors, and judges of the monthly $120,000 pitch competition powered by Panoramic Ventures. We also discuss the latest updates in software, Web3, healthcare tech, fintech, and more. Now sit tight as we interview this week's guest and their journey through entrepreneurship. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Startup Showdown Podcast, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Panoramic Ventures. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Startup Showdown, we have Stephanie Diaz with She Conquers Capital Podcast. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. I am so excited to learn what you're up to. First, tell us a little bit about the podcast. Uh, who do you talk to and uh, how are you serving folks? Yeah. So She Conquers Capital has been around since 2020. It is all about featuring the women who are impacting the flow of venture capital. And it's currently on season three, which is dedicated to exclusively featuring Latinas in venture capital. So primarily um, interviewing Latina investors, which there are plenty. Um, but we also have featured some Latina founders who have raised significant rounds of capital as well. So what's been the most rewarding part of the podcast so far? The most rewarding part is when I get to talk to founders or investors who say, I listen to your show and it gives me so much inspiration and I'm learning so much. You know, the the premise of the podcast is really um, to be of service to all in the venture space who desire to learn more. And then this subtle, oh, by the way, it's the voices of women who are imparting this wisdom. So it's really the space for anyone to learn, but to kind of like subliminally share that women have a strong voice in this industry and are a great resource for information around this industry. Now, the podcast is just one of the many things you do. Can you talk about um, other aspects of your work? Yes. Well, I'm thrilled to be with Catalyst by Wellstar. Wellstar is the largest healthcare system in the state of Georgia. And Catalyst by Wellstar is a newly formed corporate innovation and venture fund focused on digital health and many solutions involving the healthcare, the healthcare industry. Um, my role there is industry discovery and research and our deal flow process for our venture fund. So it's my my role to keep an external lens on all things innovation, tech, venture, and healthcare so that our team can can create and invest in the best technology around healthcare today. Now, what, what's your backstory? How did you get involved in venture? How did you get involved in um, and have this passion for helping entrepreneurs and, and female entrepreneurs? It's a winding journey, um, but the short story is coming out of my MBA, I ended up landing within a pharmaceutical startup, and we grew that company to over $100 million in annual revenue in four years. I was reporting right into the owner, and while my title was national accounts manager, I, was, I had a hand in a little bit of everything. As you can imagine, true startup style, we had less than you know 20 core team members. Um, you see a lot 
lot. And I learned a lot in that in that experience. And I was determined to take that experience and do something big with it. At the time, I did not know exactly what. Uh, the only thing I knew was that I, I didn't see myself forever in the pharma industry. And so I wanted to figure out how do I switch industries, but not start at the bottom <laughs> somewhere else. And so it was back in the early, and you will you will appreciate this, Lee, the early podcasting days in 2014-15, I, um, I was listening to a lot of podcasts around entrepreneurship, getting really inspired. And I started to get this idea that maybe a podcast could be the platform that would launch something new, something else in a new industry. Um, I had helped by that point, I had helped a few family and friends launch a business. And so I felt something in that area, helping new entrepreneurs was the thing. And I was ready to, to figure that out. And I thought podcasting would be a part of it. So I launched a show, Mastermind Your Launch. And um, as I was interviewing business owners and networking, someone said, hey, you should go down to this Atlanta tech village. They have a lot of really cool founders there. I bet you could find some fun people to interview. And that's kind of the rest is history. I loved the world of tech and startup and venture. I loved meeting these founders that had big ideas. I was fascinated by the fact that they could raise, you know, six and seven figures in just a few months and be off to the races. And I said, this is where I belong. Um, as you, you know, that podcast ended up, you know, joining the Business Radio X platform. I started hosting events for entrepreneurs and, you know, just I became very visible in the Atlanta ecosystem. Um, doors started to open for me and one of them being an invitation to join a fintech company as their chief of staff and head of investor relations. And that was really exciting because having seen so many startup pitches and then seeing so many announcements, so-and-so just closed, you know, one, two million dollars. I still didn't have a lot of visibility about the in-between, but how does all of this capital change hands? And um, I've Finance has been a, a passion of mine, you know, whether it's personal finance or business finance. Um, so I was excited and intrigued to dive in. So for that fintech company, I started, um, you know, negotiating deals with investors, engaging our investor network, planning our investor strategy. Via that same network, I was invited to run the screening and due diligence for a local angel investor group. Um, and that was really exciting because that gave me a seat on both sides of the table, raising capital for the fintech company, screening and deploying capital on the angel investor side. And, you know, within that, often seeing that I, I, would be the only woman in the room, the only Latina in the room, and feeling like I wanted to do something, use this experience and my platform and my voice to start to shape that. Um, I ended up going back out on my own, um, a journey that quickly led me to a venture fund focused on investing in underrepresented founders, and then shortly thereafter found my way to Catalyst. Now, in your work, uh, you've talked to a lot of, I'm sure... Uh, you've seen kind of both sides of the desk, right? You've you've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and you've uh, had conversations with a lot of people with capital. Uh, do you mind sharing some uh, advice about the, you know, probably both sides to give maybe a glimpse for that startup founder, an idea of wh wh what is it that this VC is saying behind my back, you know, before I pitch or after I pitch? Um, it it can't always be just strictly about the math and the numbers. There has to be more kind of art to this as well. 
Right. Well, I mean, that's definitely where my mind goes first and foremost. Obviously, there's so much <laughs> advice around so many different things that we could talk about. But I, you know, people love doing business with people that they enjoy. And so to your point, it's got to be more about the numbers. And for as far as advice, what I would share with founders that are raising capital is to be aware that while you're talking about what you are planning to do, what you have done, what you have created, what people are also reading into between the lines is how. How do you show up? How do you lead and communicate and compel others, whether they are team members? How do you galvanize an investor network? You know, how do you really communicate your vision and create buy-in and create connection? I think all of those elements of, of leadership um, and just connecting with people, building relationships, establishing rapport also go a long way. And when we talk to, you know, talk about underrepresented founders and, you know, there's a level of confidence and feeling as though you belong that allows you to better establish that rapport and build those relationships. And so to know that alongside telling the story of what you have, you're also communicating how. So be really mindful of that. And then when you are kind of demonstrating how, are there things that you recommend a person do to kind of uh, put off that... um it's almost an aura of somebody that, okay, this person's an authority, this person, uh, I might not believe what they are saying, I, but I believe that they believe, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. all in on this and they, they seem very committed and, and, uh, you know, th- those kind of subtle cues that are helping a person determine, hey, am I going to bet on this person or not? Right. So something that I I have coached a lot of founders and mentored a lot of founders in this area, and I have some free resources about this on on my website as well, if anyone wants to explore. But I, as a public speaker, you know, uh, that level of communication and having that presence is uh, a way that I really love to empower founders. And so what I try to help them avoid is that moment in the presentation, whether it's a a pitch or a speaking engagement or an interview, where they are searching for the answer. You know that you get blindsided, you're a deer in headlights, and you're trying to search for the answer in your head, and it takes you 10 times as long to spit it out as you you wanted it to. Uh, No one wants to be in that place. And it can be really hard to recover sometimes when you find yourself in that kind of a moment. And so proactively developing what I call power statements, which is just, you know, having language at the ready that you have committed to memory, you deliver it powerfully because you believe in it with such conviction, really allows you to feel like you're a master of communication when you're out there. And so I encourage founders to practice to not just bullet point what you're going to say, but can you have a phrase, you know, it's like the quotables. If you see people writing down a quote from a speaking engagement or something, then you know you've landed on some powerful language, you don't have to create the wheel. Make sure you remember that. Keep using it again and again. And some of your favorite founders and public speakers do exactly that. So look at how they leverage that thought leadership um, for yourself. Right. That's an important part uh, point because so many leaders that are um, 
kind of well-known right now, they have a handful of catchphrases that they'll repeat over and over that we just take for granted. So why not you also have them as well that, you know, have some kind of taglines or or phrases or quotes that can really stand out and help people remember who you are and what you believe in. Exactly. And then every time you pitch or go to speak or go to tell your story, you get to build upon what you have already created. And that's what you should be doing. Now, when you're talking specifically to women in venture capital, uh, I'm sure, hopefully, today there's a lot more than there were when you started. First, is that true? That's an assumption I'm making, but is that, a, is that true? Absolutely, and growing. I'll tell a quick story. When I first had the idea to launch this podcast, uh, the She Conquers Capital podcast in early 2020, pre-pandemic, I remember sharing it sharing the concept with someone, you know, local investor here in the ecosystem. And I mentioned that I wanted to feature women investors and women who have closed significant rounds of capital. And he said that I would quickly run out of women to interview. And for me, I heard that and I was surprised at the, at his advice. And I was also I challenged, you know, like, all right, I'm going to prove him wrong. And here we are, you know, more than two years later, uh, just the Latina edition, this third season has just hit 31 episodes. And so there is there is not a shortage of women who have had significant success in the world of capital, whether on the founder side or the investor side. I know I have only scratched the surface. I continue to meet women that I'm like, how do I not already know who you are? And it's a blessing to be able to amplify them so that people really do know we are plentiful. Could there be more? Absolutely. Always. We, we do have a ways to go, but we're here. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of telling that story. Now, is the pipeline being filled by women who have had startups that have had successful exits and then are moving into venture capital? Is that a place where, um, you know, the pipeline is getting filled? You know, it's interesting that you say that. I have had so many women on the podcast who are early in their careers and went almost straight into venture. Shortly after college, they may have um, you know, had other jobs in the finance industry that were ca- venture capital adjacent um, and made their way there. And those are some of my favorite episodes to feature because I feel like it really does start to break down the stigma that you have to have this huge check checklist of things that you accomplish before you have a significant role in venture. Um, there are many women who are early in their career who have, uh, you know, and I'm not the first podcast that they've been on. They are out there. They have a strong voice. They have a strong following. Um, and I think that we'll see a lot more of that. Now, um, how did you get involved with Startup Showdown? Uh, what was your role with them? Yeah, so I, um, I, you know, having been in the ecosystem for a long time, I used to um, be a part of Atlanta Startup Battle with Paul Judge back in the day um, and have known Tammy McQueen for a very long time. And then it was Tammy who reached out to me to invite me to be a judge um, at, I believe it was the October showdown that they had. Now, having taken part in a startup uh, showdown, what do you think that the participants, how, how do you think they benefit the most by going through the process? 
Uh, well, Startup Showdown does a really great job of supporting these founders in a holistic way. <clears throat> so there's the mentorship that they provide, which allows a startup to, you know, to just get access to all of these thought leaders um, and really flush out their ideas before they take the main stage. Something that I really do enjoy about the vibe with Panoramic as a whole and the Startup Showdown events is that I feel like founders are really encouraged to be the themselves and have fun while they're doing this. And so it takes something, you know, the investor pitch, which in some cases could feel, you know, stuffy and a bit dry, and it just brings so much life to it. And so if I was to give advice to founders in that respect, too, it's like really lean in to being yourself, having fun, enjoying the process, um, and dialing up the volume in ways maybe you haven't before. Now, in your career, have you had the opportunity to be mentored uh, by anybody? I feel, yeah. I mean, I feel like I've built a, an amazing network, and I don't know that every you know every mentor might say that they are my mentor, um, but have been able to glean lots of wisdom from people well ahead of me, and um, and have felt a lot of generosity when it comes to people who are willing to you know sit down over coffee, open doors, make introductions, invite me to the table, stay in touch, nurture my journey. Um, I definitely have benefited from people who are mentors. Well, it sounds like throughout your career, you've really leaned into building community and see the value in having a robust network and really doing your part to be an active participant in it, not just somebody along for the ride. True. I... uh, Yes, a community has been one of those things that, um, interestingly enough, you know, and I, I talk about this not all the time, but sometimes, but a little bit about me is I am, my family is originally from Puerto Rico. I grew up in a suburb outside of Atlanta and felt very, um, out of place <laughs> for, you know, a long time and struggled to find where I belong. And I think for me, that's why community means so much is because I know what it's like to not know where you belong, not know if you have a community. And um, so I do look at community with a lot of intention. And and for that reason, I take a lot of pride in being that sense of community and home for others. Yeah. And I think that um, it can be a competitive advantage the person who um, is able to kind of create a community or be a catalyst to start a community is somebody that I think that other people are drawn to and want to work with and are, are going to be creative in ways to make that happen. So even if you're a startup founder, to think about community, the community that you're building, whether it's with your people and your team and or your customers and or the industry you serve, I think that that's a competitive, can be a competitive advantage. Absolutely. And I something that I appreciate when I see a founder doing that, especially early in their career, especially, you know, I love when they feel like they don't have to check all of the boxes. You don't have to reach a certain level of success or level of traction in your business to start bringing others alongside you. And um, that's something that we can all do at any time. And so I really enjoy when I see a startup founder doing that within, you know, for themselves and within their industry. 
So uh, right now, what can we be doing to help you? Um, What do you need more of and how can we help? Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess, you know, um, letting women know that She Conquers Capital exists um, and that they can use it as a resource. I've also launched a She Conquers Capital circle community where women can join for free and just keep the conversation going, connect with each other, connect with me. I have a lot of free resources um, within there, lots of training videos on mastering your pitch, mastering public speaking, and mastering your personal confidence amid this journey. Journey that can leave us questioning ourselves and our path from time to time. And so um, I would love to see more women in there, both female founders and investors. And um, depending on when this episode airs, there may be some live events happening in the Atlanta area. Um, so definitely be sure to follow on social or sign up for my newsletter for all of the info around that. And if they wanted to do that, what's the website? Uh, Thank you. The Stephanie Diaz dot com. Stephanie with an F. Good stuff. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee, for having me. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Startup Showdown. As always, thanks for joining us. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to the Startup Showdown podcast so you get the latest episode as it drops wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more and apply to our next Startup Showdown pitch competition, visit showdown.vc. That's showdown.vc. All right, that's all for this week. Goodbye for now. Goodbye for now.